Welcome to episode number 25 of The World and Everything You Need to Know. My name is Eric. There are two ways to contact the program. They are TWAEYNTK at gmail.com and TWAEYNTK on Twitter. On the one-year anniversary of this podcast, it is gratifying to report that the world and everything you need to know continues to grow in popularity. The show was originally designed to examine and explain complex and controversial topics in a thorough, objective, and easy-to-understand manner. In order to keep this episode as honest and transparent as possible, it is important to keep a couple of things in mind. This episode is a bit of a messy amalgam of material centered around privacy in our current electronic era. A majority of the content in this episode is based upon information featured in electronic publications when the described events were unfolding. It turns out finding specific online articles from a decade ago is not an easy feat. As remarkable as my memory may be, there is no denying that having access to the original articles would increase the reliability and the credibility of the information. This means much of the presented material is summarized and nothing is a direct quote. Additionally, a few of the mentioned years are provided as a benchmark for an estimated time period an event occurred. Finally, it is rewarding to know that despite its flaws, there are a number of individuals who enjoy this podcast and believe it has some utility. Thank you. With that out of the way, Let's get on with the show. The identity of an individual is all an individual is and all an individual will ever be. What an individual does with their life affects the way in which their identity is perceived. An identity is a compilation of vital statistics that are more or less unchanging over the lifetime of an individual. They include, but are not limited to, name, date of birth, country of origin, and a number of other relatively stable characteristics. What an individual does with this information and how much they value it impacts the perception of their identity. These days, many people undervalue the worth of their personal data. This failure of comprehension is manifested in how much unrecognized value directly and indirectly affects an individual. In the 21st century, identifying personal information of individuals is paired with recorded sales transactions and online browsing habits. The data of an individual is bundled together with the identifying information and monitored behavior of other individuals and then is bought, sold, and traded between business organizations as a marketing commodity. Unwarranted requests for personal information are so common that a majority of individuals provide the information without thinking. People fill out forms and provide personal information reflexively as if it is meaningless and has no value. This clearly is not true. If it had no value, businesses would not be interested in collecting the data. In the very least, people need to ask 
why the information is needed, who will have access to it, how it will be used, and how the disclosure of the personal data is directly relevant to the transaction or service that is being rendered. It is important to remember that the type and the amount of personal information that is shared is entirely up to the individual. It is also important to recognize that the majority of businesses have no legitimate reason for collecting the data. If an individual is asked for any personal information beyond providing valid identification for credit card purchases, there is no need to provide any additional personal information. Organizations requesting personal data occasionally offer a nominal price reduction for customers who allow their personal information to be input with every transaction. The typical offer in exchange for the information is a menial percentage discount that equals a few pennies for every dollar spent, or a per item price reduction on particular atypical products. It turns out that in the long run, freely sharing personal information ends up costing the consumer substantially more than the purported immediate savings may be. Additionally, organizations offering these types of incentives frequently have overinflated non-competitive prices, which render the alleged savings inconsequential and meaningless. The personal information that is collected, shared, and sold by businesses is much more specific than previous more labor-intensive methods of marketing research. It contains very detailed demographic information, including name, age, and estimated income based upon home ownership. All of this collected data reveals the particular price threshold at which definite groups of individuals will or will not purchase specific products. Demographic data paired with price point monitoring ultimately results in items being priced right at or right below the price threshold at which customers will no longer purchase a product. The unneeded and often nefarious request for personal information is even more prevalent on the internet. Keep in mind, just because a form is presented does not mean the information is required. The term cookie in relation to browsing the internet is a familiar term to a majority of individuals. Traditionally, these were used to monitor website traffic. As computers got faster and could handle more complex programming, the utility of cookie data expanded to keep track of login information, passwords, where site traffic came from, how much time was spent on different pages or viewing particular items, and all of the different sites that were visited after the traffic had left. In addition to specific site cookies, which do serve a legitimate purpose, there are third-party cookies planted by various organizations that may not be associated at all with a web page that is visited. Search engines use cookies to keep track of the different things people look for and the various sites they visit. This is an important concern because the accumulation of detailed tracking information directly affects search engine results, meaning all the data that has previously been collected is used to find similar types of material aligned with what individuals have looked for in the past. 
Over time, the preferred field of information an individual can easily access and view is greatly narrowed into a niche that preferentially provides results that rarely deviate from what an individual already knows or believes to be true. This effect can be minimized by setting browser options to automatically clear all cookies and form data every time the browser is closed. Advocates for tracking, gathering, and the distribution of personal information fall back on the trite axiom claiming people have nothing to fear if they are not doing anything wrong. This is a sophistic tactic shifting attention away from a valid concern. It also shifts the focus and blame away from the perpetrator and onto the individuals who raise legitimate questions about practices that are accepted as normal. Keep in mind that just because something is considered routine and ordinary does not mean that the methodology and the practice are beneficial and benign for the majority of people who are affected. Google and Facebook make claims that collecting personal data and the moment-by-moment -moment tracking of online activity ensures a more honest and friendly experience. Remember that the billions of dollars in wealth generated by these corporations is directly from the sale of user data to anyone who is interested in buying it. They do not care who they sell it to or the purpose for which it is going to be used. Regardless of how benevolent they try to appear and regardless of any claims they have made, their primary interest is the amount of profit gained from the sale of user data. A few years ago, Mark Zuckerberg, one of the primary founders and owners of Facebook, said in an interview that freely sharing all personal information of everyone online is a key to making the world much safer and much more honest. To clarify, all personal information would in this context include name, date of birth, home address, telephone number, and everything else that can be imagined. When the interviewer asked Zuckerberg for his home address and telephone number so it could be published with the article, Zuckerberg laughed and said, are you crazy? There are way too many wackos and there is no way of knowing what any one of them might do. It is clear that Zuckerberg feels his privacy is very important and that he values it over all of the claims he has made. It is quite evident he recognizes how dangerous it is to freely share personal information with billions of individuals you do not know. Another cogent example is the initial manner in which Google collected and sold user data. After publicly launching Gmail in 2007, which allowed them to gather and pair much more personal data with browsing habits, an inadvertent leak revealed what they had been doing. Amid the public outcry of betrayal, Google apologized and said they kept it secret because they knew people do not like the idea of constantly being monitored. They also conceded that many individuals would be upset that the personal details of their lives were being sold as a commodity like grains of wheat or kernels of corn. 
as a concession and in order to avoid potential criminal prosecution, they added an option that allowed individuals to indicate whether or not they wished their personal data to be tracked, collected, and traded. Multiple times a year, Google updated the user interface. Each time they did, it reset all user preferences to agreeing to have their personal information collected, monitored, and sold. In addition to that, every update changed the location and the manner in which a person could opt out of publicly sharing their personal information. After it was pointed out a number of times that what they were doing was dishonest and bordered on illegal, Google apologized once more saying it was an oversight and it would not happen again. Despite that, the established pattern of behavior did not change. After nearly a decade of deceiving the public, Google announced that they had been tracking, collecting, and selling the personal data of every individual who utilized any of their services, regardless of whether or not they had indicated they did not want their information tracked and sold. As an addendum, they said it was their method of operation, it would not change, and they never should have apologized. In closing, there is one more notable example worth mentioning that illustrates how tracking has a direct impact on people. This article was published around 2008. There was a journalist who used Amazon to regularly reorder a number of repeat purchase items. One day, while making the repeat order, he noticed that all of the regularly purchased products listed on Amazon were noticeably more expensive than they had been in the past without any apparent reason. To double check that the dramatic price inflation was not imagined, he asked a couple of friends to do a search for the same products and to send him screenshots of the prices that were listed it revealed that all of his friends had normal prices listed and only he was affected by the price inflation on products Amazon anticipated he would order. This type of price discrimination is illegal. When the information was forwarded to the Better Business Bureau and an article was published about the incident, Amazon immediately apologized, stating that they were simply conducting marketing research and they did not intend for any of their price manipulations to affect anyone in an adverse manner. In essence, they were caught knowingly engaging in criminal activity and did what they could to reduce their culpability. What this research taught them was not to manipulate the prices of regularly purchased items. Price manipulation is much more effective and subtle when it is applied to occasional or one-time purchases based upon cumulative interest and behavior. With that in mind, remember that any business can buy user data, and the data can be used to identify specific people and can be used to manipulate any interactions the organization has with that individual. It is worth revisiting the claim that individuals who are doing nothing wrong have nothing to hide. If these corporations are not doing anything dishonest or malicious, why do they use deceptive and manipulative methods in their gathering and selling of user data? If being 100% open and honest about everything is best for everyone, why do these companies continue to behave in a manner completely contrary to the virtues they prescribe? Make no mistake. 
the entirety of their fortunes are built upon calculated deception and predatory exploitation.